Do you, Chris, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you promise to barrage her with obscure facts concerning comics, movies, TV shows, and toys? I do. And Cindy, do you take this man-child to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to humor him by engaging him in his obsessive ramblings, for better or worse, in pre-crisis or in post? Sure, why not? Then by the power invested in me by the High Father of the Fourth World, I now pronounce you Supermates. You may podcast with the bride. Hello and welcome to Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. I'm Chris. I'm Cindy. And today we have back a very special guest, as promised. It's the return of Brian Hyler. Hey, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me again. Oh, thanks for coming back by, and, and hopefully we'll, you know, last time... We I, didn't scare him off. We didn't scare him off, and, and, and we plan on getting to everything we wanted to talk to before before I got so long-winded on uh, coloring books. I actually so. blame me just being too tired that night, <laughs> being old, you know. And we had a blast, and, and uh, just between you, me, and the fence post, that was, I think, our most popular episode to date. I looked at the the little spikes on our uh, lips and thing were like, what? <laughs> I mean, it was no, like... <laughs> no fooling, yeah. eh? Yeah, I mean, it was just nuts. I mean, so you're, you're the rainmaker, man. You... <laughs> that is not often said about me. Um <laughs> You're you're big and you're big in supermates. So that's all I. Housed <laughs> on that site, and uh, also the editor editor in chief of the Amigo Museum, which is uh, my favorite internet place to hang out. And uh, and you have some very exciting news uh, in the toy world yourself going on right now. Yeah, um, we're just on the cusp. We're we're just waiting to have. A party, but I've I've had kind of like a fake toy company for ages. Basically, I I work with uh, the very well known Doctor Migo, and he's helped me. You know, he's let me use his molds and and other resources to make action figures of my characters, like Brick Man Tooth and the Super Collector, which Scott and myself came up with for the Migo Museum. Right. Um, but the the next step was to get an actual license, and I had been working for years to try and get uh, something Canadian because right. I, I, I am Canadian and you know I had tried for years to get a, a, a show called The Hilarious House of Frightenstein and that fell through and then my, my friend Ed who goes by the name Sam Noir on, on Facebook he, he got me connected and brought me to the Captain Canuck people and for those who don't know Captain Canuck is a is a Canadian superhero created by a fellow by the name of Richard Comley, who, you know, the believe it or not, you may not know this, but Canadians struggle with their identity because we have you guys as a neighbor. Right. Okay. You know, and one of the things that Richard Comley sought to do in the middle 70s was to create a Canadian superhero that embodied the values, too, that, you know, he, he, held, he held important. So he's a kind of like a Canadian version of Captain America. But, there, yeah. you know, that, that, is, that is doing the character a disservice. There's a much different backstory and that sort of thing. So the Captain's had several iterations, and the last couple of years he's had a revival in terms of a web series and a new comic book. And I was very reluctant, but then um, immediately got kind of a, caught up in it to where I'm now staring at 
a case of Captain Canuck dolls that are basically <laughs> Amigo format. We, we, you know, we've, we've had a lot of help from people like Andrew Kovalt and uh, Brian Leitner and Paul Wasson, guys you would know from the Amigo Museum, who helped us prototype this, create it, and of course Dr. Amigo oversaw it. And now we are looking at uh, a full action figure release by the end of this month. Awesome. Yeah, I've seen pics of it. It looks great. I mean, it's it, and the packaging looks great. I mean, this is a top drawer event. I mean, it looks, you, I mean, you guys are out doing a lot of the Remigo stuff I've seen. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for all the Remigo stuff, but it, it looks a lot better than some of the so-called bigger companies that have released uh, Mego type stuff. I mean, I was just really impressed with it. It was really important to me, and I, th- I think to doc- to Paul Clark, Dr. Mego as well, and, and Ed as well as we wanted when when I was reading Captain Canuck comics as a kid, it would have really been awesome to go into an Eaton store and get an eight inch Mego Captain Canuck to go along with Superman, Batman, Captain America. So yeah. I really wanted it to look like that. That that would have been my ideal. The character came out in nineteen seventy five, which is ideal. Yeah. And this is this was what we wanted to do. So we did the screen printed suit. The head was my biggest worry because sometimes these things, you know, you send things to a factory and they come back with these big noggins. Oh and yes. As you know, the Mego <laughs> fans created <laughs> Oh yeah. Was. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> when, when I saw that head for the first time, I just went, oh, I didn't care. You know that yeah. that was that was it. So. I'm very thrilled to have it, and it's it's uh, overwhelming to see uh, a, a whole bunch of them scattered on my floor right now, which yeah. I really really should pick them up. But <laughs> we'll, I should just mention that you know we will be having a launch party. If you are Canadian and listening to this, uh, check out BigBeatComics.com or CaptainCanuck.com for information. I will be selling them through my website, which is odeontoys.com. But the figure will actually be available in par- national parks in Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in several tourist areas and several comic chains across the country. We have, we have wonderful partners, and they couldn't have been more gracious and helpful. It's a very, very positive experience for, for, for the, the, you know, production is always a little stressful. Yeah. You always get a little bit nuts, but this has been this has been wonderful. So Not how good. much how much is it, and how it, much is the shipping? So you can give that information too. <laughs> okay, it will be twenty four ninety nine, and shipping is nine ninety nine. I'm sorry, I'm in Canada. Oh, oh that's yeah. actually hey, that's not bad. <laughs> what what I'm doing to offset it is, and this will continue on, is I will offer deals on my existing products bundled with Captain Canuck. So gotcha. if you if you get a Captain Canuck, I will throw in a brick man tooth for half price to kind of give you a better deal on the the whole package. I, I know I don't, you know, I'm not trying to make money on the shipping. It's just, it is what it is. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, and yeah. that's, you know, the shipping on like any of these, I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but any of these, these, these websites that are big on the collector's toys, the shipping is just crazy. And that's actually a decent, uh, more than decent <laughs> shipping price, really. I mean, 
So well, to, to, the, to the penny is my co- that is my cost. Yeah, yeah. So you're not. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, Barbie shipping for something that's anything from a dollar to eighty dollars is ten ninety nine, and that's within the yeah. states. Yeah, that's so, within the states. Know. So yeah. So I can't that's believe crazy. you're in like you're in you're going to be in like national parks. That's awesome. <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was my partner's. Um, alongside Big B Comics that, that pulled that off, I I knew that you could get buying appointments at these parks, and I passed on that information, but they went and did that sale. Wow. And when you have something that represents Canada, a physical form like that, I can see the appeal, the value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and here, I, I'm not kidding you, when you're in Niagara Falls or something like that, there are Captain Canuck boutiques that these guys have put up for the American wow. tourists to come in. So they can sell things like Captain Canuck maple syrup, uh, his comics, of course. There's a documentary about Canadian superheroes that's really fan- fantastic, and it's narrated by Paul Souls, who voiced oh, Spider-Man. Wow. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so there's, I think it's, I can't, you know, I, I will get you the name of that documentary. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I did watch it, and it was very good. Now, this is Paul Souls was the voice of Spider-Man on the classic 67 cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's just started signing, finally. Yeah, I saw you got an autograph, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's that's huge. And, and for those who you know, are listening didn't know this, the entire voice cast of the Marvel Super Heroes cartoons and the uh, 66 Spider-Man series, that was the Canadian Broadcasting Company's radio division, mostly. Oh, and and I didn't know this until becoming friends with you, but they were also all the voices of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> In fact, so, I think Hermie's boss, I could be wrong, it's been a while. Hermie is, of course, Peter Parker, Paul Souls, and yes. Hermie's boss is Paul Kligman, who was J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, and once you know that, you're like, duh, and it just like pops in your head, like, how could I not know that all those years. I mean, that's just one of those things. And I kind of pride myself on being able to say, okay, that was that guy. That's the voice of that guy. And, and this guy was in this and that guy was in that. But until I read that on either Mego Museum or Platt Stallions, I did not know that. And it's just oh, like, really? it, it unlocked this thing in my brain. It just like, why in the world didn't I ever know that? So I, I, uh, I got to tell you, I was uh, watching it was about one in the morning, and I was watching an anti-marijuana film from 1971 that was made in Toronto. Because this yeah. is what this is what I Google when I can't sleep. And <laughs> and the mom was driving me crazy. Yeah, just her voice, her voice, and it was it was uh, Betty Brant. Oh, from 66 Spider-Man, an actress by the name of Peg Dixon, <laughs> who, who got around. She did a lot of stuff, and yeah. uh, but it, she's also in Rudolph. And yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get over that. You know how things just—they—they they bug you. The the way she was talking, it was the Betty Brant voice oh, coming wow. coming out of a middle-aged woman, which is even weirder. <laughs> yeah, that that is weird. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah. Well, that congratulations, man. That is a nice. That's a great looking figure, and and uh, and I, I got a feeling it's going to do really well. And uh, I'm just, the, you know, it, as a kid that went to state parks here in the u.s like just that's what we did we went to that was our my parent and i'm not trying to gripe i had a great childhood 
but my parents' idea of a of a of a weekend and a vacation really was going to the state parks, and right. uh, I would have killed to have found a Mego style figure in a state park as a kid. <laughs> oh, you and me both, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you know, I, I was lucky if you know you might get a pop gun uh, or <laughs> something like that. But yeah, you know, you very or maybe you might get a you know some plastic cowboys or. Uh, you know, Civil War um, f- figures, but that that's it. You know, you weren't going to get a uh, Mego superhero. So that, that just, you just blew my mind with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, I, I, to be honest with you, I've, it's, it's, I've never been to Niagara Parks, even though they're uh, actually somebody I work with, but I do plan when the figure is in stock there, taking my family for the day. Just so I can stand, stop at that gift shop and take a whole bunch of pictures of it. Yeah, you, yeah. you make sure you post those. <laughs> I w- absolutely will. That's a very proud day. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. So I guess we should probably uh, go on topic. Ta- yeah, go on topic. <laughs> I could talk about this all day, but uh, so last time we were going to talk about coloring books, which we did, and yep. uh, and Presto Magics, and. Uh, and you are uh, no a lot more knowledgeable about Presto Magics than than I or Cindy. And uh, Cindy's like, I don't know anything about them. <laughs> really? did, did, you, did you not? Did you not? You guys not have them? Now, as far as this topic topic is concerned, I actually never had Presto Magics myself. I never had color forms until within the last five years. Christopher bought me. Uh, a Wonder Woman set, and but up until five years ago, never had them. Yeah. So now yeah, I had color, color forms are the things that, that you you maybe only had one or two in your life, right? So yeah. I but Presto Magics were so disposable. I'm surprised to hear that you know you guys didn't talk your folks into them. Well, now I had some when I was okay. a kid. Uh, in fact, um, I remember the uh, uh, place where we got our toys. Um, here in, in lovely the local five and dime was named Ben Franklin. Yeah, it was Ben Franklin. Uh, and uh, yeah, and there was a toy department in the basement. You walk down the stairs, and the whole basement was Toyland. Don't, you know what? Uh, there's a, there's some stores that were here like that, and sometimes even when you go into them now and they're new things, walking down those stairs, you get that anticipation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, and and. A few years, well, I say a few years. It's been all, it's like twenty years ago. Yeah, uh, there was a guy that had a um, like an antique uh, collectibles type store there, and it it did not, unfortunately, did not last uh, because this town just can't. You know, I was like probably the only customer <laughs> can't support yeah. that. And uh, but he had a lot. He of, had his toy stuff downstairs, and for just that purpose, right? He basically recreated what he could of the Ben Franklin experience. Downstairs, but you would go bless down. Him. Yeah, bless yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 a he's a good soul. You would go downstairs, and there was a there was a cash register and a counter there as well. But then everything else was you know a toys department. And uh, on the counter, they would have the what are they Poopa Troopers, the little rubber paratrooper guys. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. he did all the dime store stuff. Yeah. Now, now this was when it was Ben Franklin. Uh, oh, okay. Back, yeah, this was this was back up. Sorry, we're jumping around, but this is actually during the Ben Franklin era of this store when when it was Ben Franklin. But they would have like Poopa Troopers, 
and uh, Presto Magics on the counter. That was the name of them, Poopa Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were being a little uh, little display dump. Uh, Presto Magics had a little white, uh, yeah, Poopa Troopers in a display dump. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, juvenile. Today. <laughs> I'm getting all nostalgic, and she's getting all you know. <laughs> but they seriously were called Poopa Troopers. Yeah, I don't know why, but <laughs> oh dear. And they were real crazy looking. They had like uh, they almost were like the weirdo uh, type, you know, crazy characters from the '60s, like the uh, model kits they had and the the little or the little plastic weirdo figures, but they were smaller and little paratroopers and you know like the parachute would be hanging from his the guy's bottom and he'd be hanging upside down off the parachute and <laughs> things like that but but next to them on that counter most of the, this is what's in my memory uh, there were presto magics and i remember the um, the the logo was a little magician in a white suit yeah and uh, he had a white top hat and and for some reason i got in my head at some point that he was abracadabra from the flash comics because he was a magician in a white suit but <laughs> yeah but he's you know he's almost just about one and one degree off from being on a pizza box too <laughs> so yeah. he could have a pizza in his hand instead of a yeah. magic wand yeah that's true yeah but uh, you know I, I the way i remember them being introduced and and i'm, I'm a fan and a collector is that they were TV advertised originally, which is unusual for something so disposable and cheap, but right. they they were distributed by Gillette. Yeah. The, the right uh, the, the, You got it, and, and it makes sense, and I, I can explain that a little bit, too. Oh, I'm sorry, you know, that, that was in Canada they were distributed by Gillette. Okay. Um, but let's see. No, they were distributed by Gillette in the States by the Papermate. Paper so made, yeah, yeah, it's it's a fun thing that they were distributing. It makes perfect sense. And just to flash forward in my own history, I ended up for a good stint of my adult life uh, designing and securing licenses and being like the sole employee of a company that did kind of a quasi color form um, sticker thing, just like Presto Magics. Right. Uh, I, I don't want to say its name because, but it, yeah, I, I ended up actually doing Justice League and and different other characters, SpongeBob, things like that. Where I thought, hey, I'm I'm kind of going full circle here because this right. is what I loved doing as a kid. But Presto Magics were huge to me. They are dirt cheap transfer sets. So they were, uh, you know, th this one I have here is 79 cents. They had two sizes, the large size and the small size. And they did a whole bunch of series. And they, I didn't realize this until being an adult that they were sold in Europe prior. They were big in Europe. In fact, these oh. things were produced and printed in Italy. Oh. And basically what it was was, you know, a cardboard backer of a city. And then you would get... Uh, uh, or you know, or a backdrop, some sort of adventure scene or cartoon scene, and then you would get a bunch of transfers to put on the put on the thing and make your own adventure. So yeah. it was a one-use kind of color forms. Yeah. And what is most interesting to me is the broad amount of licensing they did. They did stuff like sports and other non-licensed things and they did girl stuff that I can't possibly remember. <laughs> but they, they also did uh, 
Hanna Barbera cartoon characters, Warner Brothers cartoon characters, Marvel and DC superheroes. And yep. that's primarily what I collect is the Marvel and DC superhero stuff. Uh, prim- you know, the, 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 I think their bigger sets were Batman and Robin and Spider Man, but they also did stuff like let's see, I've got uh, I've got the Hulk here. He's fighting the Juggernaut. That's which, awesome. Which, is that yeah, the Gamma Base? Like something that like attack at the Gamma Base or something like that? Or no, it's it's called Rampage on Main Street. Oh, okay. And that's the beauty of it is it gave you all these characters like. Uh, well, you know what? I'm I'm really bad with. Uh, well, Doc Samson's there. Yeah. And you know you created your own fun, exciting scenes. There's a Wonder Woman set I'm holding where she's what's this one called? Bridge Rescue. So you get mm. Wonder Woman, and she's got basically you get one position for Wonder Woman. And that, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up is is one of my biggest faux pas. And I just recently bought the set again. Was I found this Superman set that has now slipped away into the office. But basically, when I was 10 years old, I bought this. And it is one very, I would say, Wayne boring Superman. It's a very old-timey Superman. And 40 guys with guns. Oh, yeah. Shooting. Yeah, I think I had that set, yeah. And I had it, and what I did was I scratched out Superman, and I had forgot to take the backer off. Oh, so it was like dough, and now all I have is forty guys with guns. <laughs> so I just did them all killing each other. <laughs> well, with all the ricocheting, they probably killed each other anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I just remember like my dad looking at me and going, "What is this? Like, what did you do here? What did you buy?" And I said, "Oh, I screwed up the Superman." <laughs> No need to call the the uh, the uh, social workers. Uh, <laughs> Ryan's not wanting to show people gunning each other down. It's just uh, yeah, accidentally. I'm not, I have no violent aggression. I just and I think I I put like the words murder at night or something on the top of it. You know, and to oh, uh, little kid logic. Oh Making make lemonade. Might that, you might want to put them them on hold just in case. You call. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Mm. So now the thing with. Didn't you take? Now I always remember taking like a, a ballpoint pen, which which this would uh, tie into them being made by Papermate, who made yeah. pens. And you take a ballpoint pen and go across it, and that's what when pressed down hard, and that would transfer it onto the background. Am I right, or am I? You're absolutely right. And, and okay, these, the, I, I think I used a penny, but I think a pen would work just fine. The the beauty of these things too is that they seem to be done by Especially the Marvel stuff seems to be done by somebody who worked at Marvel. Yeah, I saw something when I was Googling this. I saw some original artwork for the Hulk set that was like the Gamma Base. Like uh, I wrote it down. It was like Attack at the Gamma Base. or Yeah, Attack on Gamma Base that had artwork by Dave Cockrum. Okay, who, yeah, these, these are, that would make sense. Who, of course, was the you know, co-creator of most of the uh, new X-Men, the Storm yeah. and Nightcrawler and Colossus and all those guys. And uh, and artists on Legion of Superheroes. So he was, uh, you know, and it had the, this set. It, this set might have been one of those bigger ones. Yeah. Uh, and it had like it had Doc Samson and and uh, Thunderbolt Ross and that electric creature dude named Zax or whatever his name is, and 
And was, uh, but did they make a terrible action figure of that character? Because yes, he looked like Cheetos. Like yeah, okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah, I yeah, remember that from the '90s Hulk cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I did, that, that's such a blur. All those toys. Who could keep up, right? I know. Toy Biz was just churning them out, man. I, you, there's no way you could have kept up with them. No way. But no. yeah, and I saw a set. Now I, I remember having the Batman and Robin set. It was like the street outside of Gotham. It was the street in Gotham City, and you were looking at this like brownstone-looking building, and and yep. you had Batman and Robin like the classic running pose of. Well, I, I've got I've got that in my hand, and. Uh, my good pal Corey Lachette gave me one, the exact same one, but the artwork, they actually did a running change mm. because the first artwork is the crudest. These must have been the first ones they came out with, like in 78, right. because the first Batman and Robin looked like someone drew them with their feet, like they're just <laughs> oh. terrible. And then within... Like the second one you look at, you got Carmen Infantino's classic, you know, of the two of them running. Right, right. Actually, I don't know if that is Carmen Infantino. Yeah, it is. I think okay. it's the one. It was on everything in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, it, I, I that's can't the wait one I had. To, I can't wait to send you these comparison scans because <laughs> they're just so bad. Like <laughs> Robin doesn't even have a head. Oh my gosh, it's, just, it's so bad. So, and I've you know, I can't ever open them up to see. But I, from what I can tell on the back, the stickers look this crude and did so right after. So they must have really rushed these out at first or they, you know, DC wasn't too thrilled. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, and, and this is DC, you know, back when they let AHI do the packaging they did. <laughs> well, this is maybe this was this was when they were starting to kind of crack down on them, I guess, maybe a little bit. But uh, maybe the person from the uh, the. Uh, uh, Country Wax Museum uh, coloring book did the artwork on the Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm beginning to wonder. Yeah. If you, I can't wait for you to see Rob. I, I, I want to see that. Because he's just, he's just spectacular. <laughs> but, you know, Petro, a lot of these things in life, I don't know when Petro, Presto Magic stopped being made. Yeah. Because for me... I remember liking them up until about the Empire Strikes Back came out. I loved the Empire Strikes Back sets. They did one beautiful one of it's basically, I think, Vader's ship. And you get to put just, you know, it's got the Imperial officers working away. But the window, you could just do this great star fight. Oh, cool. And I remember just being in love with those. But by the time I, I was at a comic book store with my kids just rummaging as one of those dirty basement type deals. Yeah. And I found a Presto Magic Ewok Village set. And I thought, they made this? I don't even remember this. <laughs> so once they, once they moved into 80s properties, I kind of I disconnected from them because I was turning like 13 or it just did, it didn't have the same the same zest with me. So I don't know how long they lasted, but I think they petered out sometime in the 80s. Magic, the Jedi, makes the action come alive. With Magic's of the Jedi Super Transfer Set, you get a big action board and over 150 Star Wars transfers to make the action come alive. Watch this! Here comes Darth Vader! Oh no! Hold on, Han, I'll see you! Oh, yeah, you 
Yeah, I, I seem to recall having, and I don't know if it was officially Presto Magics or it was some other company doing their shtick, which we'll get into because Color Forms kind of did their own version of it too. But Color Forms is still doing that sometimes. Yeah, I oh, saw okay. Dora said a while ago that was exactly like a Presto Magics. Oh, okay, but I, that that's that's and we'll get into that too because you know with Color Forms it's kind of an odd thing where. I didn't even realize they were still making them, to be honest, but apparently they are. So, But uh, the last one I remember seeing, I think I actually owned it, was a Transformers set. Like, when the toy line first came out, I mean, the the artwork didn't look like the animated series. It looked like uh, the packaging artwork for the toys. Um, and so it was like, you know, what was that, 1980, was that 1984 when Transformers came out? 84, 85, or something like that? Yeah, the 84... Uh it seems to be around the, the right time for me. I think I was in the ninth grade. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that I, I remember that, and I think I had that. And the thing with Presto Magics, I liked them, but it's like you know you created that scene, and then you had to go buy another one. You know, that's <laughs> that which was really smart on the part of the people making them. But uh, you know, it just uh, but you you did get the full color graphics, which you couldn't get with the color forms because they. You know, and we'll get into that later, but, you know, they, they were limited in the printing of the onto the little pieces of vinyl. Uh, I, had for, I had forgotten that as an adult. When I, when I first opened, I think, you know, a color form set when I was in my 20s, I was sort of taken aback because in my head they were full color. Oh, okay. I just, I'd forgotten that completely. It's funny how, how the, the memory cheats sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, one thing that really surprised me is when I was Googling this is I found, we were talking about the Batman set, I found a larger Batman set that was like the Batcave. And oh, yeah. It had artwork that looked like it was by Neil Adams, or at least the continuity studios that he had, or still has. Uh, it was a very Neil Adams-looking Batcave, complete with the giant dinosaur and Penny and Joker card, and the figures of Batman and Joker looked like Neil Adams. They looked like they came from the Joker's Five-Way Revenge comic book, you know, uh, the the famous uh, Batman 251 comic. And I was like, why in the world didn't I have this? You know, I don't remember, I don't know if, you know, were they... Were the uh, were the big ones sold on counter displays like that, or were they sold in something different? The the uh, the, the color forms or the the Presto Magics. Presto Magics. The Presto Magics. Uh, I I actually owned this huge counter display that I I was at a toy show, and you, Cindy, you like this. I told my wife I'm going to sell down my collection a little bit and make some room. She was excited and I did really well at this show. Next to me was a friend of mine who had found an, a store display for Presto Magics. That was gigantic. It's on Plaid Stallions. It's got Spider-Man. It was for Series 3 and it was also full of Presto Magics. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I, I, I stared at it all day at this show and I, I was kind of, you know, proud of myself for cleaning out a tub of toys and then also like a little too what did rich, you do? flush with kit I bought it and I brought it home and <laughs> oh, you know I, to- I told my wife it was a great investment and I couldn't sell it to save my life 
<laughs> yeah, I, and eventually I did sell it, and I sold it to George Steinbrenner's son, of all people. Holy cow. Yeah, but I did get to keep the choice Presto Magic. There was a full set of the third series in it, and I sold it without, you know, Thor or Hulk or Batman, the, the ones I really wanted to keep. So I was really proud yeah. of that. I, I don't... I wish I had more Presto Magics. I have... Um, I have a, a nice stack, but it's one of those collections that I never actually go to eBay and look for them. I, I buy them at shows. I, I I call it the gold key Star Trek rule, <laughs> where I don't. I'd never ship away for a gold key Star. Trek. I'd never. I have to be at an antique mall or a disappointing comic show, or so. It's that one little like okay. Well, I drove two hours to get here, but I got this. You know this crappy comic. Yeah, I'm, I'm that. That's my Pepsi glass rule. I don't Hello, buy yeah. the superhero Pepsi glasses. Or I've actually got, I think, pretty much all of them now. But I didn't buy them unless I was in the wild and saw them. You know, I just, I don't know. I guess because I had already been pursuing them pre eBay here and there, you know, and uh, so it just, it just continued that way, you know. And I would pick them up. I never really went looking for them on eBay. I would just buy them when I saw them. And it, there's. There's there's something to be said for keeping certain things there because like you said it'll it'll save the day when you're bored to tears somewhere you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah, when I make you go to the Barbie show with me in Cincinnati yes right but Barbie show to me would be what else they got that somebody's gonna have superheroes exactly that's what happens and I've found some pretty nice stuff pretty cheap at those Barbie shows. So. There, there, there are two fellas here that show up. I haven't seen them at shows in a long time, but they were Barbie collectors, two guys, and and they, I would immediately go to their booth because the one thing they always had was carded Isises. Oh, wow! And it seemed okay. like they had a never-ending supply. But you would go through their Barbie stuff, and people would ignore that, you know. But there would be just tons of Mego in there, and I, I. You know, I'm not going to run out and go to every train show. Like, there's a train show that literally I could walk to every other week yeah. by my house, and it's just like, yeah, there's nothing there. But <laughs> I, I, if I if I saw a Barbie show, I'd probably poke my head around. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. I think a lot of at Barbie shows, the people that have them there, a lot of times, it's it's an older woman that has it, and she bought them because they were celebrity dolls. You know, quote unquote, celebrity dolls. I'm making air quotes on a, on an audio medium. Uh, but 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 uh, uh, you know, they didn't look at them as action figures. Like like, oh, Spider Man's on TV. Here's a Spider Man doll. You know, uh, they, they, that's why you can get cheap Wizard of Oz is because that crowd bought those. Right. Yeah. And right. occasionally they bought a carded Iron Man or something like that, too. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 I mean, I, I wouldn't be keeping my hopes up, but I, I, I would go to Barbie shows anytime. Yeah, I mean, I remember one time there was a lady. I mean, this, this just shocked me to death, and I didn't need them, and so I didn't buy them, but this lady had a perfectly mint-loose Type 1 Superman and a perfectly mint loose type one Spider Man, and she had their outfits switched, and and I and I couldn't help myself. I told the lady, I said, uh, "Ma'am, I said, you know, he, they've got their outfits switched." Oh, really? You know, it's just like yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, 
what world do you live in that you don't know what Superman and Spider-Man look like? <laughs> it's amazing. And, and also, when you think about it, like Spider-Man's head and... It, it's Is that pretty much? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. But you know what? It's amazing where you find things. I, I just, this last weekend, my wife was looking for a new lamp. And there's an antique mall in the next town. Yeah. It's synonymous for... Oh, look, more Tim Burton Planet of the Apes merchandise. Oh, God. <laughs> so we just kind of, ah, let's go. And I walk in, and I kid you not, within one foot of walking in the door, at the bottom of a display case, amidst a, a pile of Biff Bang Pow stuff, which I don't know why is in a display case, sure. there is a box, a Tupperware container, containing some clothes and outfits. And I open it up. Or I look at it, and I can see the Captain Action Spider-Man mask. Oh, my gosh. So I go, how much is this? And they go, you know, it's not priced, so we'll call the guy. And I, I continue walking, and then I guess one of the attendants comes down and goes, yeah, that's nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> and I say, my, my wife turns to me and goes, you better buy that now. So yeah. I, go and, I go and buy it, and it was a minty Captain Action Spider-Man mask with a beautiful suit. And a boots and a minty Captain America mask, suit and boots. I I ran out like I, I couldn't believe it. So never say never. I never say no Dang. to going. Yeah, to hunting. I can't speak right now because my jaw's on the floor. Yeah. I, I <laughs> However, what about when we went to the Georgetown flea market and that bag of the Captain Action stuff? Oh yeah, I guess I had a similar situation like twenty years ago. Yeah, at a, we got at a flea market, I bought a a Ziploc bag full of Captain Action pieces that, and I don't think, they weren't quite as many, but I mean, I got a Captain Action outfit, his hat, uh, his belt, the Batman suit, the Batman, both parts of Batman's mask, uh, the utility belt, his boots, I mean, there was, it was... It, uh, Superboy's outfit, his mm-hmm. mask. I mean, it wasn't complete, but and I don't even know what I paid for it, but it wasn't much. And uh, so, well, actually, the Captain Action hat wasn't in it. Oh and yeah, and the guy right. took your address and sent it to you like a week later. Because he oh, yeah, stars, yeah. Because yeah. he said, he said, I think I, I remember that now. Yeah, you, you remember better than I do. But he said, I think I've got the hat for that. I know I've got the hat for that. And he, I can send it to you, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and I mean, you know, maybe you shouldn't give out your address like that, but but I did, and and sure enough, it came in the mail in an envelope. There's Captain Action's hats. <laughs> so one of the first toy shows I ever did as a 15 year old kid, I bought a Captain Action weapon set in the box, and I spent all my money. I was twenty dollars or whatever. And the next guy I walked over to had a Remco Lost in Space robot in the box, and I wanted it, and he said, well, it's forty dollars. And I said, I don't have the money. And he goes, well, you can mail it to me. And he gave me the toy and his address. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I, I, to, I, to be honest, to be 100% honest with you, I did send him the money the next like next two days. I, I mailed him I mailed him a money order. But I, I've never had that experience again. And it was no. like, just I couldn't believe it. I was like, really? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, he's like, well, give me that Captain Action gun set and I'll sell you that. No, 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 no. It, it was quite the opposite. But it was, it was just hilarious. You know, I couldn't believe wow. someone was that nice. 
Wow, that is that's that's something else. Yeah, I haven't run into that myself. But wow, yes, Spider Man, the Spider Man Captain Action outfits like the the outfit, right? I mean, that's the the holy grail of Captain Action, uh, right? I mean, as far as I know, I, um, I think Spider Man and Green Hornet were always the two, right? And and we should probably talk about color forms. Not yes, we should. <laughs> we should. A good place to go is is. Um, I think what, what the company came out in the early '60s. Well, um, yeah. Well, according to the uh, voluminous <laughs> notes that I wrote, that Cindy always gets on me about, uh, thanks to Wikipedia and a website you sent me to, which we'll get to shortly. Um, I think they were created in, uh, according to this, 1951 oh. by by a husband and wife team named uh, Harry and Pat Kislevitz, if I'm pronouncing this right. And uh, the interesting thing is, um, apparently, a friend of theirs uh, that was, uh, I think he was into, like, the uh, notebook, uh, pocketbooks. He was into pocketbooks. And uh, he gave them uh, some sheets of thin vinyl. And I don't know what made them think of to do this, but they decided to cut up these thin sheets of vinyl and, and decorate their newly painted bathroom with it. And... Then they had parties, and they have friends come over, and they take this roll of vinyl and get it out and leave scissors out so people could cut shapes out and place them over the wall, just have fun with it, I guess, while they were in the bathroom. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what made them think to do this, but I guess people had so much fun with it. They said, hey, they were art students. They said, okay. hey, we could... Well, which well, never mind. That explains everything. They were art students. There's, there's a lot more. Yeah, that just <laughs> paved a lot were, of road. They were art students in the early fifties. Uh, uh-huh. They were that, that explains everything. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> beatniks. Uh, but anyway, so um, so they decided, hey, this would make a great toy, and so they came out with the color forms first color form set that was just geometric shapes. But you had a ton of them and little colored pieces of vinyl, and you could place them all over this slick, uh, coated uh, cardboard uh, stage, yeah. and uh, and create till your heart was content. I, I uh, really, I really love color forms. Just to say, I, 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 I love too. the concept. And um, but I think I think the most memorable ones and the most collectible ones are the the choice licenses they picked up, and in the sixties. They they had things like the 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 Green Hornet and Batman. Yeah. So I think a lot of people like how many bat you you must know how many Batman sets they produced. They oh, produced. well, I've I've got a, a well, really they produced that first set for like decades. I mean, they produced it from oh okay nineteen sixty six until at least the early eighties because I know I had tons of uh, several copies of it because I've got pieces left over from it and I've got a couple backgrounds uh, that, that were you know from my childhood collection but there you know it's the the box art had a classic uh, Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson or Murphy Anderson it's hard to tell sometimes it was definitely Murphy Anderson uh, with Batman just running at you it's just a real yeah on a yellow background just super satisfying design uh, you can't beat it it's really classy looking I mean color forms always had they they were classy looking products. You know, the boxes usually were really sharp, even at a time when a lot of product you look at it now and you're like, oh man, you know, you couldn't sell that now. You couldn't find that in the store nowadays. But 
the color forms actually usually look pretty good, at least on the outside. You know, <laughs> sometimes, like we said, the printing the printing techniques were a little crude. But uh, like the Batman, you know, he was of uh, that said he was cast all in blue and uh, had black ink on him, and Robin was completely red with black ink, and yeah, and, and Penguin and Joker were yellow, and and things like that. And you'd have uh, you know you'd have one straight set of legs for Batman, and then a pair of bent legs for Batman and and uh, and that type of stuff. Here comes Batman and the boy wonder Robin. The dynamic duo leap into the Batmobile in hot pursuit of the Joker with his tricks and the Penguin with his magic umbrella. They are all here in color forms Batman cartoon kit. Let's have an exciting Batman adventure. Put the penguin in Gotham City. Don't forget his umbrella. Now, Batman makes the scene. Pow! Bam! Color forms plastic pieces stick like magic. Uh-oh. Robin's in trouble. Can Batman rescue Robin? Will the dynamic duo be boxed in? You'll have hundreds of exciting adventures with a great Batman cartoon kit. By color forms. What a toy! But, uh, yeah, I had several of that. And then they made a set in 89 that had the uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, artwork on it. You didn't say praise be his name, didn't you? And <laughs> you know what? I really, I really hated that set for some reason. I, 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 I still thought he was going to say he hated the praise be his name. <laughs> I really no, did. No, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm not getting involved. But, uh, yeah, for some reason I just I hated that there was a lot of Batman merchandise in the late, late 80s that just didn't seem to have any sort of like it wasn't sticking to the movie it, it didn't yeah. really look like the com like I didn't, it didn't know what to think of it didn't have a cohesive identity right. yeah yeah and I know that's weird to say but I remember just thinking eh that's very generic looking well that's the thing I mean they, they really did with the first Batman movie um, you know it, it's interesting because you know yeah, I, especially because I've got the Blu-ray set that, that that they just released and, and, uh, it, uh, has a documentary about how they, you know, they had all this merchandise ready, but they really didn't have that much merchandise that looked like the movie. And a lot of it, they were just reusing the 1982 style guide artwork. And that had been famously used in the big superpowers push. So you essentially had stuff that looked like a ton of merchandise that had been out five years earlier that was just being pushed out again. And uh, this color form set was new, but it, it's it's got the Joker and the Penguin and the Riddler. No Robin, which you know is kind of telling that that's when Robin got the boot from a lot of merchandising. Um, but uh, you know they did that, and but then now the next time they did Batman Returns, it did look like Michael Keaton, and then they did Batman Forever and and Batman and Robin, which our kids actually have a set of that, and they Danny gets out and plays with it every once in a while. Uh, I think that's the last the 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 newest color form set we got, which is what like that's like eighteen years ago now. But that's hard yeah. to believe. Batman and Robin's oh, been it. Yeah, I guess I was in an apartment at that time when that movie came out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, but you're right. The license stuff. That's what I mean. That's what I had. I mean, I don't remember. You know, I think by the time that 
that we were kids. I don't even know if color forms did a whole lot of unlicensed stuff. I mean, uh, I remember the, the Superman set was really cool because it had that uh, phone booth. Uh, the way it worked was you had, uh, it actually had a little uh, uh, thing underneath because uh, color forms would be uh, the, I don't know, the background would set inside a box, a yeah. thin box. And, but this, uh, the way this thing worked is it had a, I don't have that part. I still have the top part, but it would have an underneath part that you could slide in and out. So you could put Clark Kent and Superman on that bottom part and slide it back and forth and open the door. You put Clark Kent in, oh, oh, shut the door, the phone booth and move it back. And there would be Superman. So you could change Clark Kent and the Superman. Yeah. No, I think that would, that's a good way to segue into, um, uh, actually, I could say my pal Mel Bernkrat, who worked at Color Forms during the '60s to the the early '80s, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and he, he, among other things, he was the father of the Color Forms aliens, which have been just a phenomenon in collectability. Mm-hmm. But he was really innovative. He really did a lot of great invention with them. Yeah. And he's got a fantastic site that I'm sure you'll link to that's exhaustive. He, I wish everyone who worked for a toy company was like Mel. Yes. And, and, and Mel, of course, being a toy collector, understands the, 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 the need to know that we have. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, at the Amiga Museum, I've called up a few former employees, and they've all gone, really? You want to hear about this? <laughs> and... So it's it's kind of it's kind of beautiful when somebody gets it, and you, you really have to look through his site because he explains every little thing he did there at Color Forms. Yes, in, including I mean, the phone booth thing. Yeah, yeah, the phone booth thing, and and uh, just little innovations like he took the Mickey Mouse set, and instead of just using the the stock and trade Mickey Mouse, he pushed to use the Golden Age Mickey Mouse. Yes, and, which and- which he was a fan of and a collector of. From reading that website, and you sent me there, and I like I, I wrote you, I said, you sent me down the rabbit hole, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lost a couple days in that. It's awesome. and uh, uh, Which I'd actually been to that before, but I didn't go there looking for color forms. But uh, he, it sounds to me like he pretty much revived that look for Mickey Mouse. I mean, that it had single-handedly. not... Single-handedly. Yeah, single-handedly, which is its own little mini cottage industry of, of, of Disney Anna. I mean, because I mean, you know, you go into the Disney store and they hand you a bag with that version of Mickey Mouse on it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if he hadn't revived that, maybe eventually somebody would have, but it's just, you know, he, he, and, you know, when they started making sweatshirts shortly thereafter, but he like, um, created that, what was like puppet forms and, and, uh, it, it wasn't just, I mean, he did a lot of, uh, innovations at the company that didn't, that weren't the vinyl cling pieces, the stick-ons, as they, I guess they called them. He he did a lot of other things, like the uh, what was it that uh, he did, like a like the the house that uh, what was it called that like you glow, like if you shine light on it, parts of it would glow or something like that. I mean oh. it, that that's uh, I was just really, I mean some of the stuff he did, I'm like I don't even understand how it works. It's just it's. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't remember any of that stuff, which is unfortunate. I would have loved to have, well, have the seen be- it. In the action. beauty of the beauty of toy, I think, toy inventing when you're kind of is you want to make something unique. You can't t- you can't make any money 
if you just take what they already have. Right. You, you have to add a concept to it to, to 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 get your mark to get paid. You know, there there. Are, I read through old toy magazines all the time, and there's ads for inventors, and you find these people that they walked into Mattel and they invented the big gym where his face turns around. Right. And they sold that to Mattel. So, you know, Zorak wasn't didn't come from the Mattel side of it so much as a toy inventor invented this gizmo and said, what can you do with it? Yeah. So, I, you know, I love stuff like that. I love reading about stuff like that. And Mel was that kind of a guy. So, you know, he created a lot of different things over the years. And his his story is just amazing. He's a, He's an excellent writer. And he didn't seem to throw anything out. No, I mean, so. yeah, it's just and and on top of the 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 color the color forms aliens and he did the uh, the Max FX, uh, which kind of goes back to Captain Action we were talking about. Oh yeah, it's, that's a brilliant story, and and I really wish that Max FX had come out the way he designed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because I think if he if it had come out the way he designed it, then we wouldn't have had. You wouldn't have had Freddy Krueger coming out of the gate and getting the line killed, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's just ridiculous. They made a yeah. stuffed doll of a <laughs> child killer, you know. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that was, um, yeah, that's what, you know, man, we're really going off topic on this. <laughs> we sure are, but I think that's 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 what I bring. That's part um, of the course. We're, we're fine. But, yeah, the, you know, color forms, uh, to get back on that, uh, the uh, – it, you know that that's the thing that really this of his of his of Mel uh, Brinkert's uh, website is it Brink Art or Brink 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 Red? It is Burncrant. Burncrant. I totally. I'm sorry. Burncrant. It's, it's not. It's not. You know. It's not a name you hear every day. <laughs> oh my gosh! I totally. I told. I'm all through these notes. I wrote it wrong. I guess. <laughs> sorry it, about that. It, it. It. I actually. I've, I'm guilty of the same thing. So. Okay. I'm sorry about that. But, but I, yeah, I, I love. I love some of the things they did that were different. I mean, you really could have just phoned in color forms. Yeah. 30 years. You just, yeah. you know, okay, now we're doing the Hulk. So, but instead they kept doing little innovations. You know, sometimes it would be a puzzle you had to put together to get your backdrop. Then you could put the Marvel characters on it. Right. Things right. like that. Or the, you know, the set would fold out. It would become bigger. Yes. Just crazy, innovative stuff like that. I, I mean, most people remember the razors and razor blades, just the the basic sets. I mean, everyone's got their favorites. Um, I I adore the Spider Man set. Yeah. Um, th- this is a weird story, but do you ever have a frenemy as a kid? Yes. Yeah, I had a couple actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a frenemy, and I've talked about it on Pods Dines off and on again, where. When I started clicking Star Wars, I got into this weird competitive threesome with you know two other guys. That just they they became this kind of like if they found a figure, they wouldn't tell you about it. And yeah. case in point, one of the kids I, I found one of the the, the the new Empire Strikes Back Presto Magics. Getting back on topic, yeah. And I found him at a drugstore, and I told him in grade school and this kid was so competitive and I kid you not he went to the office he said may I call my mother he called his mother <laughs> at lunchtime she picked him up they drove to the store he came back he had every single one <laughs> 
I, I can't make that up. So, um, but he for Christmas one year, 1981, and it's important to say that day, we did like a secret Santa to each other. I, I probably got him some Star Wars comics or a Treasury edition or something like that. Yeah. He hands me a gift. I open it up. It is the Space 1999 Color Forms. So he went to a store and said, what's the worst thing I can buy this kid? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, and he went to the clearance section. And my friend, the, the other guy that was involved in this said, he kind of said, you know, I'm sorry. He he told me, he goes, I, he, he told me he got you a really terrible gift. But I loved Space 1999 as a kid. <laughs> and I, I already kind of had a taste for vintage stuff. Yeah. I adored that thing. Wow. I really did. And it's, it's, it's a boring set. It's just Martin Lando and Barbara Bain in a cockpit. <laughs> but I thought it was the coolest thing in the entire world. I mean, I, was, I didn't have it when Space 1999 was on. I missed that show. So for me, it was just the greatest gift he could have bought me. <laughs> So that that totally backfired on. That's awesome. It That's totally cool. did, and I think. But I think, in the same regard, I think that kind of gave me a taste for vintage. Right. Yeah, I always liked. I always liked five years ago for some reason. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, it's it's kind of funny because uh, in a similar vein, one year it was just this random. I don't even know who gave it to me. I was at my grandparents for Christmas, and I don't even know who it was. It was like a distant cousin. And I have no idea. Well, this was in like the mid '80s. I have no idea why this person would even give me anything. I was like ten years old or something, and I opened it up, and it was the Corgi uh, Bat Cycle, the the big the bigger one with the little figure of Batman on it. And I hadn't seen those things in years. I didn't even know if they were still making them by then. I mean, it was like 1984. I don't think they still had the license. And, yeah, they're just, they're just probably old store stock. Yeah, but I was like, I was, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and I recognized the the box and and the, the, I recognized the corgi name and and I said, oh my gosh, this is like, this is old, you know. And even though it was only a few years old to me, it was old, and I loved it, and I, you know, and I kept it, and and uh, and I actually didn't uh, play with it too hard, so I keep it in pretty good shape, you know, and and I still got it, so it. it it's it's funny how that that's kind of a similar thing with me too, but uh, yeah, I've I've enjoyed those stories about that uh, about your friend of me there because uh, I, I had some of those too. I mean, I you know it it, it reminds me of a, what's the name of the kid on the Simpsons, the little kind of pudgy boy that's the smart one that's always Martin can, Prince. Martin Prince. That's who I just I can just mother, I need you to go pick me up, please. Yeah, <laughs> first on magic yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he had that going on, um, and he had he. But you know, he was just that, that was his head. That was his. I mean, I gotta admit, I was a touch jealous. Yeah, because uh, my folks were really generous and nice, but they weren't that nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was happy to. I was happy to get one. I think I appreciated it more, and it wasn't lording stuff over on me and i've seen that unfortunately with adult collectors too yeah <laughs> sadly there's there's that kid in, in every group but that's now it's just a funny story that that color forms thing always kills me 
And as an adult collector, I I have a surprisingly small selection. I have only two sets. I have, um, because I'm a Mego fan, I have the Action Jackson adventure set. Okay, yeah. Which is, uh, you know, your typical... I'm surprised Mego got so much... Uh, licensing, but I guess because they were doing such an aggressive TV campaign, yeah, they got it done. And it is a beautiful set. It is the the little cartoons that are inside are just fabulous. Uh, it's AJ on a island with a volcano, and there's all sorts of things: sharks, scuba diving, tigers, alligators, the typical trappings of the GI Joe adventure team. Yeah, <laughs> and then the the other one, surprisingly not, is I have the GI Joe Super Adventure Team set. So not the regular Adventure Team set, but the one with Mike Power, Atomic Man, and Bullet Man. Oh, gotcha! It's like the last one they did, and I I, I adore that set. I think it's it's fabulous. But I would like to get a few more. I'd like to reconnect with Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, um, Star Trek. I'd love to get the Star Trek set. And the uh, Shogun Warriors. Oh yeah, I saw that when I was when I was googling for for this. I saw. I, I don't think I ever even knew they made a Star Trek set. And I was like, man, I would have loved to have had that. Of course, that I didn't get into Star Trek till like I was probably about six, so I probably missed the boat on that one. But uh, they were already into you know like Star Trek Two was getting ready to come out. So, uh, but yeah, it, the, some of the stuff they made that I didn't know about. I mean, I had you know. Uh, I had the Spider-Man set, like you said, and I had the uh, the Hulk set. That and it's like the Hulk set, like uh, when it came out. I guess it was produced, you know, just like you've talked about before. Like as soon as the TV show hit, like all of a sudden there was this avalanche of Hulk merchandise. <laughs> he got uh, added to a lot of lines right yeah, away. People are like, "Hey, we have that license." You know, it's like new for '78, the Hulk. <laughs> yes. yes. And everything. But the artwork in that is really nice. It's like somebody woke up and said, well, let's just use the Marvel artwork, you know, or something. It's <laughs> crazy when people don't. And I always thought that was weird because it's, that's what they do. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, don't they have guys that draw? Yes, they yeah. do. And that's got like the leader and the abomination and the rhino and, and you know, like this. Oh, the old Spider-Man said, I loved it, but the artwork's pretty crude. And I mean, there's a guy in it. Uh, that I'm not sure if it's supposed to be Peter Parker or he's just a criminal. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember that. I remember they were there was like, yeah, what is it's just a yellow dude, right? Yeah, yellow dude with yeah. red hair and a red turtleneck. Speaking yeah. Of, speaking of turtlenecks, I forgot to mention this. This is this is this goes back to my nerdly obsession with sourcing comic book art. Um, in the color form Superman set, the uh, the seventies one with uh, the phone booth. Mm-hmm. There's a Jimmy Olsen figure, or a couple of Jimmy Olsen, like he's got like one, two, two tops and one bottom or something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, he's like torso up and leg snap. Because it's important to children what where Jimmy Olsen is facing. That's right, right. Yeah. So Jimmy's got his camera over his shoulder. He has on this very odd looking sweater. And that sweater, it's like, it, he's like in black and white and purple colors. And when I was... Like, you know, just a few years back, I was, like, flipping through some comics and stuff, and it hit me that that Jimmy's uh, sweater and Jimmy himself is based on the sweater Peter Parker has on 
in the Superman vs. Spider-Man Treasury book. Weird. I kid you not. <laughs> it's There's no mistaking that crazy sweater. It's the same thing. And so somebody, you know, Lex Luthor is in this Superman set. I'm guessing they had it out referencing referencing uh, Lex and in his, you know, jumpsuit, his uh, Legion of Doom type jumpsuit, and, and looked over and said, oh, well, there's Jimmy Olsen, and it was Peter <laughs> Parker. <laughs> So, Isn't that funny, eh? And, yeah, so you had a Marvel Marvel DC crossover in the color form set. Uh, <laughs> well, that's like the the Mego. My kid loves it. I have the Mego um, Fortress of Solitude playset, the comic action heroes. Yes. And on the screen is Superman fighting alongside Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, and um, Quicksilver, ain't it? Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an Avengers panel just with Superman popped in instead of Cap or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I, I love that craziness. I, I remember that as a kid going, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> it's one of those hidden comic crossovers those guys used to sneak in in the 70s, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Hulk set had really nice artwork, and then they did that. Uh, you talked about the fold-outs. There was a really cool Spider-Man and Hulk set that, like, the buildings, like, opened up. and yeah. And you had like like one I think one of the buildings like had a hole in the wall and and so you had you had Spider Man characters and you had Hulk characters together and they you know they had like uh, they were obsessed with the leader the Rhino and the Abomination for the Hulk I, you know but I and, remember I remember <laughs> Presto Magics did the same thing and I remember somebody I know had the deluxe set and it had like Modok and. And I was just fascinated because it was like, I don't know these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, uh, I had that world of Marvel, I guess. I don't really remember it, but I have the pieces here. And I'm like, that has to be what it come from. You get people like Tiger Shark. It's like, who the crap's yeah. Tiger Shark? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they like, had the Green Goblin and and uh, and Craven the Hunter and... Uh, uh, Doc Ock and that Spider-Man Hulk set. It was really, really nice. I, I really loved that set. And uh, some of the colors were really wild. Like, the there was a lot of yellow and pink going on, and like the rhino, and he looked like pink lemonade or something. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't seem to mind. It was kind of fun to get all those characters like that, because you're never going to get them in action figures. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's a very big part of the appeal and and the fact that color forms really did have playability yeah you know, I, mean, I spent so many hours with those things oh yeah and i mean you could you could you could uh you know put them on a different if you had a bunch of different sets you know you could have the you know the rhino invade paradise island and the wonder woman set or you know oh, or god i never thought of that or, or something you know you could have Superman dropped by Gotham City, even though they were the only bad part is they were in different scales. Some of them, you know, they weren't all the the same size to one another, which was. But now the, I'm upset because I didn't have Barbara Bain fight Spider Man. <laughs> she could have guest starred on the Nicholas Hammond Spider Man series, which is oh. Cindy's favorite. <sighs> I you, you love that show as much as I do. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think we talked about that last. I just like giving her, getting her going on it. It's a uh, well-paced, fast action show. <laughs> yeah, when, no, no. When when when, uh, when he when it shows the car coming at him and he's he's, he's in a you know a dead end alley and it actually like shows him look shows him look again and then it comes toward him and 
and he stands there, then he leaps to the wall. You know, <laughs> instead of cutting straight to him leaping to the wall, I'm going to stand here. Now I'll leap to the wall. Well, <laughs> I, lo- I love that show like a grandchild, but right. I've not watched it in 15 years. Yeah, it's you might oh, be better I off Oh, I really not. think, you know, it's two hours of life. You're going to never get back. Watch it if you're drunk or stoned. <laughs> and done and done. And make some kind of drinking game out of it. <laughs> I, I didn't have that much of a problem with it, but sh- but I will admit oh, that the, uh, the pacing uh, was was uh, was a little rough on that. The part. only saving grace was the tight pants for me. I'm sorry, but that's it. <laughs> that's, that's never a saving grace for me. <laughs> I can't even watch Star Trek: The Motion Picture anymore. <laughs> oh no. yeah. Oh, the pajamas are riding up. Blue Ooh. Blu-ray is not helping that situation at no, all. The need for a cup. Oh my. Yeah, yeah, we noticed that when we were watching the 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 DVD of it a, a while back, and I was trying to, you know, I've been, you know, there's a lot of podcasts and stuff I listen to. They're saying, you know, Star Trek: The Motion Picture is my favorite Star Trek film. I I'm tired of people beating up on it. You should give it another chance. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to give it another chance. And and I, you know, I will. It's technically a beautiful movie, but it's just not. No, no, it's just not for. It's just. Uh, no, we won't get into that. But yeah, I, it, hap- it was a happy time for me as a kid. I just absolutely adored that that wave of Star Trek coming back. And oh yeah, it's I funny. like everything. I, I I like everything but the film almost. Right. Know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 unfairly maligned, but it's it's not great. Yeah, but Spider Man is fairly maligned. <laughs> I don't even think most people. Uh, You're making Nicholas Hammond cry. So. Yeah, that's right. He's he's crying in Australia. Uh, honey, I really don't care. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, <laughs> you know people that are picked on, uh, I have uh, I had a. A metric ton of peanuts, color form set, and I don't know why I kept buying them because they were all pretty much the same set over and over, and I couldn't find them for this show. But I could, I was going to show Cindy. I, I found my superhero backdrops, but the the peanuts ones always had Snoopy's doghouse in the middle, of course, and they had a variation of backyard. You know, sometimes they had a fence, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes they had a tree for. Woodstock, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes I had a bird bath. But I must have had like five different... I mean, they're almost the same, but they're different enough that I know they're a different set. And I've got 150 piece, uh, little color form pieces of ball caps, uh, <laughs> baseball gloves, bats, and things like that to prove that, man, I had a ton of peanut sets when well, I was a kid. You know, I, I, heard, uh, I heard somebody once say on a Rift Tracks, the 1980s, if it was available, it had Garfield on it. Yes. And it was the same with Snoopy in the 70s. My God, you could just get so much Snoopy's merch. Uh, I got you beat. I actually made my own color forms for Archie. Oh, wow. wow. As a as a kid, I, 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 think, I think I might have been 10 or 11 where you start to just, like, look at the comics and copy them, you know, taking... I, 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 none of this survived, but taking the, the characters and trying to draw them exactly like you see in the comics, and then I would cut them out, and then I would draw crude backdrops of, like, Pop's Chocolate Shop. Yeah. And I, I want to say other places they hung out, but I, I don't know if I ever... I must have done other things. 
but yeah, and I did that. I it was like a bored weekend project once as a kid, and I was really proud of it. And I tried to keep it for a long time because I don't think they made a Color Forms Archie set. And at the time, I was kind of collecting those digests. Oh, okay. And I, I must have gotten like I was getting old ones from the se- early seventies, and I, I think <laughs> the sad thing is I just the first. Or the second girlfriend I had said she liked them, and I gave them all to her. Oh, you know, like yeah. <laughs> you didn't get them in the divorce, right? <laughs> uh, weird, weirdly enough, this is this is a true story. I was walking in a used bookstore across, like we split, but it was amicable, and I was still friends with with people in her family. And but there was a used bookstore across from her house, and I was walking in there. They had comics, and all of a sudden they had this stack of. Archie Digest, like two, three years after we broke up, and I was yeah. like, "Hey, they, they were mine." I could <laughs> oh, tell wow. because, and I took a couple of them, and um, eventually, I think I gave them to my wife, who also collected Archie Digests at one time. So, oh, okay, well, weird little full circle thing. But I did buy the choice, the ones I missed back, <laughs> and I didn't need them all back, but. <laughs> so speaking of Archie, I know you were a fan. Uh, you you wrote this about on your Platt, on Platt Stallions was the Lou Scheimer book, the, oh my goodness, the filmation yes. book. Cindy got oh, yeah. me that for Christmas. And, did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I I was yeah. I had my head stuck in it for like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was. It's a that's a great book. Yeah. I, I don't just, I don't read a lot, but when I do, I it's like come on, finish. Like I I can't put it down. <laughs> Yeah, and that that book was just fabulous. The style, the way it it just feels like he's telling you story after story, and like some of them are really hard to think about now. Like I don't think I'll ever watch any of the Adam cartoons again because of uh, <laughs> yeah. Pat Harrington. But yeah, yeah. Just picture him pantsless reading the script, you know. Yeah, uh, but. <laughs> the the book itself that that's a brilliant book. Yeah, that that's great. I mean, I I really just loved it. I remember you did a write up on it, and I'm like, I need to get that book sometime. And I kept yeah. kept putting it on my list of I need to get that book. And 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 uh, she came through with the uh, the tomorrows had a sale, so she came through on the, a ton of tomorrows books. So I was very happy <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that book. I, I really do. I, I was trying to actually, the tomorrows was the original person. I wanted to publish my book, right? Which was Actoys. Now in the end, I'm glad that they, um, couldn't make up their minds because it, it worked out great for me. But you know, that, that was the house I wanted to be under because they do make great stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But rack toys, we, well, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that. I, I, that's definitely one of my favorite uh, favorite go to uh, books I've got here in the house. I'll just get it out every once in a while. Thanks. And just that was stick cool. And uh, and peruse through it again and again, and I always find something new in it. It's no matter how many times I've looked at it, I've like I never noticed that before. You know, it's it's always something that jumps out new at me. So. I've been anxious to start another one, but my daughter has, keeps begging me not to because she's like, "I, I like seeing you." you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. That's when you get in these projects, and yeah, I've had that before too. It's like, oh, we get to see Daddy again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a beard now. Yeah, he's aged fifteen years. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, you know, I guess. I don't remember how much color forms 
cost? Uh, were they they weren't very expensive though? Were they? I no, mean, I mean I, I could probably pull out some old toy ads, but I think they were in the they were relatively inexpensive. Yeah, I was thinking and, they're almost kind of rack toy. I mean, they couldn't you couldn't put them on a rack, but they were they were something you could con your parents into buying. Well, know? yeah, I think I think they were kind of that thing another kid would give you for your birthday. Mm. You know, remember like I nowadays my my kids it's like you got to spend 25 bucks if you get invited to a birthday. Yeah. But back then, I don't know, you know, I'm like I don't like anybody else's kid that much. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, but I, I look at it as hey, I get rid of my kid for 3 hours. So, yeah, sure. Here you go. Um, but so, but I think color forms used to fit into what you would get from another kid if you invited him to your birthday party. Well, that's you true, know, yeah. Like four or five dollar gift that you were completely cool with. But I, I honestly remember um, going to one kid's birthday party and he got two Fleetwood stamp sets from one kid. Oh, wow. Oh, that's like two bucks worth of toys. That was, we all thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, that's cool. It, yeah, they, they, the parents went cheap, but everybody was happy. So, <laughs> I, well, my dad, being in the the toy distribution business, I brought every single one of my friends uh, Planet of the Apes, General Urko. But this is like 1977, so um, and an Action Jackson and an uh, Action Jackson outfit. Oh, wow. That's what I'd bring every kid for his birthday. Well, and uh, back then, you know, every kid had a pile of Migos. And so even if they weren't into Apes or Action Jackson, they could still throw them into their play with yeah. the other Migos and, and swap costumes and yeah. outfits and everything. But that was probably $2.80 worth of toys at the time because they were all closeouts. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think to answer you, color forms were not a Christmas type gift, but they were they were an, a nice and expensive pastime. And you know, I was just looking through Mel's site, and I, I didn't notice at the time, but they immediately started doing rub down transfers. Yeah, by the late seventies to compete. Right. They called them rub and play, which is kind yeah, of yeah, which wrong. is wow, yeah. <laughs> we, we've got some of those places around here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my! So he's like, oh, <laughs> he got you back for. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'd forgotten about that, and it's funny because when I think I think it's the weird thing with color forms is you really quickly abandon those toys for the most part. Yeah, um, action figures, even if you stop buying them, I think they're kind of your last toys. Yeah, yeah, but. Things like color forms, they kind of they kind of go a little quicker, I think. Well, the last set I remember getting, and, and it's really weird that I remembered it this well, because the rest of them I really don't remember where I got them. But the last set I recall was a the Marvel superhero set that had Captain America in it with Spider Man and the Hulk, and oh. uh, it, it, it was uh, and it, from the from looking at uh, the wet the uh, Mister uh, I almost say his name wrong again Mel's website. Um, it looked like they had originally released this as like a, a kind that you propped up, like with an yep. easel. Uh, but the one I had came in a box. And uh, I remember my grandparents took me, I don't know why, but they took me out to eat 
uh, out of town to the next town over that had a Long John Silver's because I loved Long John Silver's, uh, uh, you know, fish and chips place back then. Yep. And uh, um, then after that, we went to Walmart, which I'm not even sure we had a Walmart here yet. I think we did, but uh, and they bought me that set. I found that set. I'd never seen it, and they bought it. I, that was probably like nine or ten, so that was like eighty-four or five or something like that. And that's the last set I remember buying as a kid. So it was like that three-panel job where you mm-hmm. hit the roof and the lab and the big laser cannon sticking out of it. Yeah. Now. One thing I will say about Mel's site is, and this is one of the reasons that there are no color forms uh, catalogs on Plaid Stallions yet, is because he's only cherry picking. The, the, the amount of output that color forms did in a single year is just staggering. It's enviable for a company. Yeah. Just pages and pages of stuff. So he's cherry picking the interesting parts. I'm sure that. Marvel superhero set came in a regular standard box as well, but you're not going to see it because like literally I think I have the 76 and the 77 here and I've had them for probably four years and it's just, they're always, I have a pile of catalogs I work with and it's always just gets put to the bottom because I can't do it in, in a reasonable amount of time because of how much stuff they produced. Right. And it's, I love it all. I mean, it's just so cool. But you know, I, I would love to. I would love to see someone's color form collection. If somebody actually tries to collect it all, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see the, the the amount of stuff these guys made. Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, when I was looking through things that I, you know, just googling, I was finding things I had no idea they made. I knew they had made that super. They call it super adventure set that had. Uh, it was the Super Friends, but for some reason was not called Super Friends. It had Superman, Batman, Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah, that's weird. I love that Aquaman. cover of that thing. Yeah. yeah, they're all running at you, and and it looks like some Vince Coletta inking there or something. It's you know, maybe it, so there was probably more there, and he erased it. But uh, but <laughs> but uh, inside the artwork, you know, I was like looking at the the images. The artwork looked like it was lifted a lot of it directly from old a redrawn not directly lifted, but redrawn from old Justice League comics from the 60s because it's got, like, Mike Sikowski artwork. I mean, I recognize some of the, like, the, the three demons, the you know, and, and, and characters like that, and, and Aquaman and Wonder Woman look very Sikowski and Superman and did, too, and and uh, that's very odd that they picked, uh, the, you know, Justice League comics from, like, a decade and a half earlier to... To uh, make the you, you gotta you gotta scratch your head and wonder where they got that even like the sources, but it could have been could have been I guess Treasury editions. Yeah, they reprinted some Sikowski in those and yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's probably probably was and and uh, you know sets like that and and uh, you know other ones that uh, you know they made a Flash Gordon set that has some really great Alex Raymond type art on the box and. Yeah, that's where the collector, I think, and in, in, in the fan and in, in folks like Mel Burnkrat really come out. Right. You know, yeah. I, I know that um, I spoke to the man who sculpted the Remco Monsters once, and he was a huge Universal Monsters fan as a kid. Oh, that's So it, it just, you know, it really pours out of those figures. Yeah, that's why the likenesses are so good on those. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, the one thing I wanted to talk about, 
just is these True Dimension 3D action picture kits. Yeah. They came out in 76, which is, it seems to be like almost you put like three or four layers together to create this kind of animation cell almost. Yeah. And I saw these in an ad in, in a toy publication, and I swore they never got made. I've never seen them at a show. I've never seen them anywhere. But then um, my buddy Scott Aronson at the Mega Museum, he... I think he claims to have almost every one. Oh, wow. And so they, they are out there. But I love it because it's got this 19, like, here's 1977, everybody. Like, King Kong, Batman, Superman, Tarzan, Spider-Man, Star Trek, and Wonder Woman. Yes. Everything so, that matters. <laughs> everything that matters, yeah. Pre-Star Wars. <laughs> Pre-Star Wars. And I, I absolutely adore these. And I would... I would if I ran into one of these, I'd absolutely buy it. Yeah, I mean the the Superman, you know, that's a Kurt Swan Superman flying at you. Uh, the Wonder Woman looks like Neil Adams uh, stuff. It's and I remember an ad. It was probably for Heroes World. I remember an ad in DC Comics uh, for those, and it looked like it was like a Joe Kubert or the Kubert School. Oh, I'm sure it, it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because they did all the Heroes World stuff, but it was Superman coming out of the frame at you, you know, and it's like true. And so yeah. you really had no idea, you know, just like every ad like that, you had really had no idea what it really looked like. But then when I saw this on his website, I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Because I've never ran into him either. And I know you, you search a lot more than I do. And it seemed, you know, because we just don't have very, we don't have toy shows around here very often. But, uh, yeah, I have never seen them in the in the wild or or even on eBay or anything. But uh, they are, uh, yeah, those are really sharp. I don't. I wonder how far they stick out from the wall, though. <laughs> well, if, kind you, of if you if you read on the site too, Bernkrat describes that they made a life size Superman. Yes. One for the Toy Fair, and it still exists. Like it's somebody. It's at somebody in the the Color Forms family. Which is really cool. Um, so it, it, it's just a, an interesting story. He doesn't remember if these things sold well. I'm going to say they didn't. Probably not, no. Because you just don't run into them at all. So You know, it's kind of interesting because right now they've got these things. I don't know if you've seen them. I saw them at a Meyer store uh, here in, in Kentucky. But they're like, uh, they're 3D art of like uh, Spider-Man's hands, like, like he's going to spin a web and, and the Hulk's fist and Captain America's shield. Of course, it's not full size, but uh, most of the things are. And, and like Iron Man's helmet. And you can like put a decal around it to make it look like they're coming through the wall, like a cracked decal. And then you stick this three-dimensional thing on the wall and it looks like the superhero is coming through your wall. Oh, and, okay. And it's... It's kind of the similar idea, you know, and so it's kind of it's kind of interesting that you know eventually these ideas come back around and oh for sure oh for sure interpret, yeah. interpreted differently, but they do come back and uh, it's it was that's kind of what I thought of when I saw this. I'm like, well, that's kind of like the the uh, the '70s version of these things that are, and I think these things light up, so they're like a light sculpture and a. You know, which I don't know if it makes a whole lot of sense that they light up, but it just that, so they stick out that much more. But uh, uh, one, you talking about stories? One thing off of his website I had to share on here, and and uh, this is kind of for our uh, our our friend Hardy Girl on the Mego Museum board. 
Uh, she's a big fan of uh, the David Cassidy and Sean Cassidy. Uh, they color forms did uh, dress up sets, and uh, so they basically it was like a paper doll uh, type deal. But you had the clothes were the the uh, color forms vinyl stick on pieces, uh, and so they made Barbies, which you know they made several different mm-hmm. Barbie sets, which I showed Cindy, which you know and. And, uh, none of which I had. None of which she had, which is sad. But they made a David Cassidy Partridge Family set during the height of the Partridge Family. And the story he tells on there is that, you know, they knew they weren't going to get David Cassidy to strip down to his underwear for him and yeah. take a photo of him. So they got a body double, and they were just going to, fo- in the days before Photoshop, they were going to photostat his head on to uh, this guy's body. Well, the guy had body hair. And they're like, well, that doesn't look right. And they're like, well, we can't, you know, they thought about using nair on somebody. And they thought about, we can't ask them to shave. And it's too, you know, before Photoshop, they couldn't go in and rubber stamp or clone it out. So uh, they used the body of a flat-chested girl. Oh, my stars. (laughs) So, girls, if you had that David Cassidy set... As a as a kid, and you were in love with David Cassidy, yeah, you were putting his clothes on a girl. <laughs> oh my stars! I know that that was hilarious. I just I couldn't I couldn't believe you know the things that that go on <laughs> behind the scenes. You know, <laughs> Some, somebody somebody once told me uh, if you knew what really went on in the toy industry, if the public really knew what went on in the toy industry, there wouldn't be Christmas for 50 years. <laughs> oh. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I always love that line. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, that, uh, you know some other things I saw that kind of got me was there was like a Kiss color form set. I didn't know it ever existed. And I saw the little, you know, color forms always come with a little booklet to kind of tell you, well, here's a suggestion of how to play with these, you know, and mm-hmm. the the characters, you know, of course, you had all the, the KISS members, but their villain was called the Mad Rock Promoter. Oh. <laughs> he looked like Ming the Merciless, like a disco Max Von Cito, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you can just imagine him saying, I'll have you opening shopping centers. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, so, <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's... <laughs> I'm I secretly ripping you off. That's right. <laughs> Chris and A. Peter and, and Ace will get no money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gene uh, and Paul have it all. Uh, yeah. Boy. <laughs> I'm a, now we'll get sued by Gene Simmons. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a comic fan. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, after all, they, they did that Marvel book where they mixed their blood in the ink or whatever, right? So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I grew up. I, I was not allowed. Um, it's just a little. Too, we were just a little too middle class and Catholic for, for Kiss. I'm afraid. I had. Yeah. To, I snuck some trading cards. You were probably and, too straight. Cindy, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what's funny as you say that is like the late teens. You know, I just got into record collecting huge and. Um, it kind of took over as opposed to comics or toys or anything like that. And it was almost like I was rebelling, like, yeah, I'm going to buy every Kiss album. I'm going to buy – and I'm not a Kiss fan. I, yeah. I just – I'm not. I, I learned, hey, I don't like this. 
Yeah. And I always, I guess I just always assumed I would love it. And when I, you know, turned 18, 19, I, I bought a bunch of Kiss records and they were just too bubblegummy for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, my taste had changed and I was kind of really getting into punk rock and yeah, they, they never gel. I never had my, my Kiss period, I guess. So to me, they just, they remind me of being eight years old. Right. And right. they were superheroes like everything else. Yeah, I mean, that's the way they kind of marketed themselves. And, yeah. And, you know, the thing with, the funny thing with them is, is I, I didn't, you know, I mean, I, I don't think they were banned. My sister was older, and I, I don't think she was particularly a big fan, but they were everywhere. You know, you couldn't. Yeah. And so I'd see them, and I was kind of afraid of, of Gene Simmons, and I remember. You were right said, to be afraid. Yeah, I was. And, and if I'd seen him without his makeup, I'd be even more afraid. Oh, uh, but, <laughs> but. My sister, had, when she would get all the teen, teen Beat and Tiger Beat and whatever, all those teen magazines, and, you know, they'd have, they'd have Kiss on there because they were hot. You know, I mean, the guys were, like, in their like early 30s, but, you know, they, the girls didn't care. Uh, but um, they would uh, – I remember my sister having a friend, and I guess I was annoying my sister and her friend, and her friend was, like – shoved the, the magazine in my face with this big picture of Gene Simmons. Like, he's going to get you if you don't leave us alone. <laughs> and I was like, no, you know. I, I, <laughs> Your number, eh? Oh, she did. I was still, I was scared of that guy for years. I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I just thought for sure this guy was going to, you know, so I didn't have any, you know, I was a little young. I didn't have any Kiss merchandise or the Migos or, or any of that stuff. So, but I had no idea they made a color form. So I should have known they made everything kiss. Oh know? yeah, they yeah they, they they they're not strangers to merchandise. There's a kiss coffin for goodness' yeah. sake, you know. So kiss cologne. Oh, I think there was a kiss cologne. It's like oh god, what's that smell like? You know? And you know th- that was one of my earliest revelations. Was uh, around 1998. I went to a toy and comic expo in New Jersey. Okay. And waiting in the line, I guess Eric Carr or one of those guys from Kiss. Yeah, the replacement guy. Yeah, I was signing. It may, it may have not been Eric Carr. I can't remember who it was because I don't know. And I was stuck in the line behind two Kiss fans. And I just remember this. It was basically one guy and talking and the other guy nodding. And this guy was just spewing stats and facts and stories and it, I think that's the point where it hit me, where it was just like, you know, everybody thinks that being a comic guy, you're a geek. Yeah. But geek is just geek. Right. There's sports geeks. There's golf geeks. There's, it's all the same. Yeah. The, the, if you replace this guy was wearing Kiss T-shirt and Kiss jacket, if he you put Mister Spock on that shirt. And switch the facts. It's the same guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. I just remember thinking, boy, there's nothing cool about this guy. <laughs> if you take if you take anything to an unhealthy place, then <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this guy is an obsessed fanboy, and he's there's not much difference between him and me, right? Other than you just switch the preference, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, yep. and the fact that I was there with a girl. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you know what the definition, the difference is between a geek and a nerd, right? Um, by the Simpsons, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Well, the Cindy definition is geeks get laid, nerds don't. <laughs> okay. I gotta remember that. I gotta remind my wife about that. <laughs> <laughs> the next time she calls you geeks, said, hey, hey now. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> well, you know, that's, ne- that's never really been my problem. That's one of the things that people bug me about is a lot of the time when I do write ups at the museum, I call them dolls. Yeah. Because, you know what? Just own it. Yeah. Don't don't hide behind a buzzword. They're dolls. Who cares? Now what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not. You know, I used to be pretty, you know, I, it never really bothered me that bad. I would say, oh, no, they're action figures, but it, it never really, because, I mean, you know what? I mean, G, anything that's got a, I mean, I guess technically G.I. Joe being the first action figure, he had cloth outfits. So if you're going to, I guess you can't really split hairs there. But, I mean, I, I always kind of, I guess to me, if it had a cloth outfit, it was kind of a doll. You know, mm-hmm. it was outfit or rooted hair. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was created. The word was created because they were afraid of boys playing with dolls. Right. Right. So it was the you know it was it was a, a nice way of saying doll. Right. <laughs> and I'm that, sorry, but what is wrong with a little boy playing with a doll? That just means he grows up to be a nurturing father. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't have an issue with it. I don't either. No. I mean, our son had dolls when he was little. He'll kill me for saying that. Yeah, now you put it on the podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were manly dolls, though. They were <laughs> yeah. Well, well, speaking of, uh, you know, one thing, that we were talking about monsters earlier. I had never seen this Castle Dracula uh, color form set. Neither had I. It's really cool. Yeah, that is just, uh, that is an awesome set. I, I would love to have that. The artwork on that is just it's great. I mean, it's a little cartoony, but it's kind of got almost like a Jack Davis kind of feel to it, you know. With it's 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 still kind of spooky, but it's it's goofy. It kind of rides that line, which uh, I, I love mock horror. So uh, yeah, I'm always a fan. Yeah, yeah that so. was that's probably like one of the nicest looking sets that I came across. So I mean, they made a ton of stuff. I mean, we could. We could sit here for three or four hours and, and go on about all the different sets they made. You know, whatever you like, Color Form probably made a set of it. Except Star Wars, apparently. They never got the rights to Star Wars. Well, that's the Kenner Master Toy License, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, and I was reading the thing, you know, not to tangent again, but on uh, Mel's, uh, and I'm calling him Mel like I know him, I don't, but I, I'm afraid I'm going to butcher his name again. Uh, but on his uh, website where he said uh, they tried to license uh, Strawberry Shortcake from uh, – Kenner had the master license for that. And, of course, that's an American Greetings Company character. But Kenner yeah. had the master license for it. They tried to license it from Kenner, and Kenner said, no dice. We're not, you know, we're not doing it. And so they kind of created their own version called – I think it was Sugar and Spice. And the – they showed it at the toy fair, and it looked way too much like strawberry shortcake. And Kenner said, "Uh-uh, you better change that, or we're going to sue you." And so they changed it just enough that it didn't look like they couldn't really say, "Well, it's not a ripoff," but it still had that same feel. And then they ended up licensing the sugar and spice out themselves and making quite a bit of money on it. So no kidding, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, that's cool. So that that kind of greedy master license thing bit them in Kenner in the butt, I guess. Cause 
they just started mowing their grass everywhere else, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. A knockoff gets popular. That's funny. Yep. That's, uh, that's kind of some funny how stuff turns out that way, but, uh, Absolutely. Uh, well, I like uh, like we said, we could we could go on and I and I could, but you know it's getting late and unfortunately we all have real jobs to go to. So <laughs> I'm gonna be cra- I'm gonna be cranky tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. So I I want to thank you, Brian, for uh, for stopping by and, and oh, it's uh, been a pleasure. And uh, you know, come by anytime and and uh, we'll find something else to to geek out about and. Uh, and good luck with uh, Captain Canuck. I'm, I think it's going to do great. And uh, Thank so you. check out uh, Plaid Stallions. And uh, what was the website where you could uh, you can order directly for that? For Captain Canuck. Uh, it'll be, you can order it at Plaid Stallions, but you can also order it at odeontoys.com. That's right. Can you spell and, that out, please? <laughs> uh, not well. O-D-E-O-N-T-O-Y-S. Right. I thought that's what it was, but I didn't want to misspeak and say. No, that's say cool. Yeah. And <laughs> so. again, Odeon started as kind of a parody of a toy company site, and then I started making stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny how like another way that life works out in a funny way sometimes. So. Well, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, I still have the old parody stuff on there, like the, you know, the mod paint sets and things like that that just made me laugh at the time, and I. I don't know whether to to get rid of those or keep them on the site. You know? <laughs> You'll probably have people trying to order them. Can I oh. bundle this with Captain Canuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do get a disturbing amount of, you know, how do I order this Stretch Armstrong from Plaid Stallions over the years? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you tell me, and we'll both know, buddy. Right? <laughs> I, I got one last week. That's like I need a I need a Stretch Octopus ASAP. And part of me was kind of like, why? You know, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And then I want to stretch x-ray, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a stretch x-ray, wasn't there? I think there was a stretch x-ray, right? Oh, yeah. I oh, had okay. a bunch of him in the box. He's great. Oh, okay, okay. Like a Metaluna mutant knockoff. Right, that's right. I, I knew I knew the name. I, I had yeah. Armstrong and the Monster, which it was great to see Armstrong on the. Did you see the Honda commercial with Stretch uh, Armstrong? No. Um, it, I've been waiting for it to pop up on TV, but I guess you have to watch TV to see it. I <laughs> I don't watch a terrible amount. I've seen the G. I'll just Google Joe it on, on YouTube. Just yeah, I should, it. I should do that. I, I saw, I've seen Skeletor every time. Yeah. And I see the awesome gem. G.I. Joe, and and just just to end on a note about how sad the internet is, somewhere I read, well, that's not an that's not an era appropriate G.I. Joe for Gem. <laughs> and I thought, oh, give me a break! Like you have a three and three quarter inch Joe standing there, like. <laughs> Again, that's a nerd, not a geek. He ain't yeah. getting none. Yeah, I, I think I think I see your point. <laughs> see? Yeah. Well, I think on that note, we'll call yeah. it a night. <laughs> thanks, Brian. Smart too. All right, thanks, guys. See Bye-bye. ya. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye.